Hello, and welcome to the Euro What from WhatElseIsOn.tv. I'm Mike McComb, and I'm joined today by my fellow WEIO Eurovision News and Entertainment Research Division specialists, Brian Brazell and Ben Smith. Howdy, folks. How's everyone doing this week? Ah, that's how I'm doing. Ah. It's <laughs> it's the last week of classes here where I work, and so everybody's hair is on fire, mm. um, including mine. So, it yeah, I will be very glad when this week is over and we can get into just sort of focusing on the Eurovision Song Contest, the actual semifinals and grand final. I will be very excited. Just focus on Eurovision, you know, the important stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, the important no. things in life. That's right. It's a good week. Uh, spring has finally come to the Northeast, or at least for a few days. Uh, Westworld is back, which makes me happy as as another thing that I've been very into. I don't know. Like, it's it's been a good week. Awesome. How about you, Mike? Uh, this weekend, I finally finished the Portuguese packet unit I don't, I don't know what what they call it on duolingo but i, fin- I finished the portuguese section so uh very maybe a module something yeah like let's go with module um <laughs> yeah i mean I've, I've been doing it mostly on my phone rather than on the uh, website so and there's no like spoken component to it so uh i will probably not be speaking any portuguese anytime soon but i can at least read <laughs> and understand what vaguely i i think i have literacy so uh that, that that's a good goal to have uh, that's a good so. goal oh duolingo it's like my case with duolingo is i'll be like i'm gonna learn dutch and i will do it for three days and i will immediately ignore it for like three weeks mm. and then the until until it sends me like a little pop-up notification do your dutch practice for the owl dies oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i did the german unit for a couple of years before going on my trip last year where we spent some time in austria but uh everybody in vienna speaks fluent english so uh so mm-hmm. it's just like there there was one time where i actually did try out my german and uh it was kind of a disaster and it was very very slow and probably making the person on the receiving end of uh whatever it was i was saying like very frustrated (laughs) because they don't have the little button where like you could just press it to be like speak slower i need to hear every single word and then process it individually and translate it in my brain yeah uh, foreign languages are not my strong suit uh i I think it's the lesson here so (laughs) What kind of randomness has the world of Eurovision served up to us this week? Oh, we've got lots of randomness. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, to, so to start up, uh, last week we were talking about Romania's entry, and uh, I kept on making references to, like, do not doubt the power of the Romanian diaspora. And we had some feedback about that, just kind of questioning our dubious assertion of there being a Romanian diaspora that is strong enough to actually influence Eurovision results. Yeah, we got a tweet that just kind of laid out some of the point totals that had been given out in the last several years. And yeah, that is a totally fair point. And mm-hmm. we have been banned from using the word diaspora for like a week. Yeah, yeah. Or at <laughs> least until uh, we can come back with some numbers to uh, back up what it is that we're saying. Yeah, I was gonna say, at least until we have looked up the actual des- dictionary definition of diaspora. Yeah, well, no, <laughs> I know what diaspora well, yeah. means. But sorry, go ahead, yeah. Ryan. <laughs> No, I, I mean, I think, you know, in terms of Romania, yeah. Like, I mean, I think nobody's calling us out on talking about the Greek diaspora because I think we're pretty right on that mm-hmm. one. But I this uh, this is one of those moments where Wikipedia is great because the actual the, the articles on Wikipedia about individual countries, part, they ha- there's a series of articles called, for example, Romania in the Eurovision Song Contest. And it gives an overview 
of who Romania gives votes to and who Romania gets votes from, for example. And so that's that data is there for every single country. So this mm-hmm. is Eurovision is the kind of thing that I feel like data nerds, like the same kind of folks who get into baseball because of all the statistics, like there's a moment, there's a, a place there in Eurovision for that as well. So yep. yeah. I, I, I haven't had time this year. I, I typically like to look those things up. But I, I was totally looking those up as, as I was like prepping for this week. And, like, ran into, oh, it turns out that one of the nations just both gave a lot of points to and received a lot of points from Turkey, which is a cool data point, but nothing that's currently useful. Right. Right. Yeah. So we'll be a little more careful on those uh, dubious assertions, at least until we can get the data to back it up. It could be a fun data project uh, during the summer, during during the Eurovision offseason. I know my husband is totally once to 538 Eurovision. So uh, this would be a great starting point. Speak for yourself. I will continue to make dubious assertions. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's point, yeah, that's yeah. that's what a podcast is. Yeah. <laughs> that is basically the second tagline of our show, a dubious assertion about the Eurovision Song Contest. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's exactly yeah. right. But uh, thank you for the feedback. We totally welcome that. And yeah, uh, definitely call us on our nonsense. Please call us on our nonsense. Yes. Also, thank you for enjoying the program. Yes, yes absolutely. And, and speaking of dubious assertions, there is a new board game out. It is the Eurovision board game. News came out of it what a couple days ago it's going to be available starting tomorrow i have purchased this board game and am start already starting to harass friends into playing it with me i'm like you're going to play this with me right the shipping to get it here from europe was as much as the game itself so that's fun there's no word on what the game actually is i was looking at it a little bit and it looks like it might be kind of like super fight where you like construct an entry out of different cards that you get maybe oh that would Um, be awesome like yeah my entry has laser vision (laughs) exactly like i'm like can we can we have that version of the eurovision board game first of all I want like the full D and D campaign version of this game. <laughs> yes, <laughs> where where you roll for stats and you have if, to like go through the whole process. Well, and if and if you have a wind machine, you have to roll and on a critical failure, your hair gets caught in it or something. <laughs> oh yeah, totally, totally. Like somebody, please write I'm this here up. For that. Just to call out, uh, so uh, I was on the Joko cruise in February, and like one of the things that somebody brought that will probably be of some tangential interest to this group was uh, they brought what they were calling Dungeons and Drag Queens. Oh, fun. Where it was like a full RuPaul's Drag Race D&D campaign where the, the characters were creating uh, essentially drag queens with like D&D style powers. That's awesome. Nice. That, was, that was just completely booked the second it went up. If there's going to be a Eurovision game, give me like the full immersive experience. A friend of mine, JC, uh, called out this morning when he was mentioning hey ben have you seen this i know that you do a podcast about eurovision i was like yeah this is on our notes for this week we've got it uh was that there's also a 2007 board game that looks real sad like the the box just kind of looks like the original trivial pursuit box it's from 2007 which is well before like peak internet awareness of eurovision season yeah the the board game graphics were just basic there's a distinct lack of pizzazz throughout. The photos were also not like not taken with good lighting. I feel like that box may not look quite as bad as that photo is as in the photos. Um, but yes, I will. The mechanics of the game, from what I can tell from that older version, 
were they're not exciting. So I'm hoping that this version is much better. No, I was reading like the the one paragraph of information about how the game works. And it's like you select ten nations, and as you go around the board, you accrue points for them. I'm like, wow, this sounds like the number Wang home game yeah. from Mitchell and Webb, <laughs> where it's like, well, let's co- let's let's check volume three of the Big Book of Rules to see if you've won yet. Sorry, no points for San Marino. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, even oh, in the board game. Pick on San yeah. Marino. <laughs> they have enough problems. Yeah. In yeah, fairness, exactly, they wouldn't have been exactly. in the 2007 version. I don't. I don't even think they had competed at that point. So, in a less light piece of Eurovision news, uh, so Avicii, who composed the 2013 Eurovision anthem, which we all remember was a thing and did not remember because it was in the notes, uh, he he passed away this week at 28, which is which is a which is a real young age to die at. Yeah, I had no idea he was so young. Woof. Yeah, that was definitely one of those moments where, like, I was just checking my RSS feed and, like, that popped out. And I just was like, whoa! And really unfortunate. And, yeah. It also made me realize I did not actually know who Avicii was. Mm. Like, I knew his name, but I was like, oh, I didn't know that those were his songs. Okay, cool. It's a crappy way to learn that but yeah yeah and i think like they mentioned that he did the 2013 eurovision anthem because he 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 was swedish and uh sweden was hosting that year uh and i think they also used a lot of his music like during the fashion walk of nations uh during the 2016 contest oh that would make sense yeah yeah so uh, yeah this has been a rough year for eurovision alumni and like associated acts like there's just been i i would not be surprised if there's like an in memoriam segment during this year's grand final because there are a lot of notable folks who uh passed on yeah yeah. so is that actually called the fashion walk of nations or did you come up with that because that's amazing i i don't know what else to call that (laughs) (laughs) i mean normally it's a parade of nations but like that one was definitely a fashion show it it absolutely was it absolutely was i appreciate that Um, also kind of speaking of fashion i guess i don't know this is a terrible segue uh logo tv announced today who will be doing the commentary for the uh, u.s broadcast of the grand final ross matthews is coming back uh he did the commentary last year and uh replacing michelle visage uh who uh had a schedule conflict this year will be shangela who should have won rupaul's drag race all-stars do either of you watch drag race or drag race all-stars i have in the past i i have not caught up oh, okay uh, not recently but yeah. i do you think Michelle Visage had a scheduling conflict the way that Valentina Monetti had a val- had a scheduling conflict where she's like, let me make something up so I don't have to do this again? Or do you think this is a legit thing? I think this is a legit thing. I mean, she's a busy lady. Yeah, I, I think it was a drag con thing or uh, some other like major event that just happened to be happening the same weekend. And yeah, I don't know if they're actually in Lisbon for the broadcast or if they're just watching a feed and commenting from there. I have not watched one second of Logo's coverage <laughs> because... Yeah, I I have other sources that are not Logo. I used it last year for one of the watching parties that I had, and I kept getting mad because all of the, like, cheap jokes I had made in the, like, quiz that I was doing were, like, the cheap jokes that they were making. Mm. And I was like, you are giving away all of the quiz answers. Can you stop it? (laughs) (laughs) Again, priorities here. (laughs) Mike, you've talked a little bit about sort of, like, your trips to Eurovision. Mm -hmm. And I had a friend ask that she would love to hear more about that. So oh. can you tell us a little bit? Because I know you're going again this yes. year. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going again this year. And as somebody who would eventually like to go, how does one do this? It can be a little bit of a process. Last year, it wasn't so much that it was on a whim. Like, I remember the day the 2016 
contest. Like we knew that Ukraine won. We were very excited. I had explained to people several times like why I was happy that Russia did not win, uh, even though I really liked their song. Anyway, we were just like, okay, you know, let's let's go to Kiev. Uh, that could be fun. And yeah, like we we threw that out into the universe and then never really like were planning on following up with it. <laughs> and then preparations were going underway and just like, okay, just kind of keeping an eye on things. And they were announcing like what cities were bidding for uh, Eurovision and so it wasn't like it wasn't a done deal that it was going to be Kiev that was uh, hosting the contest. But then Kiev was announced and then like tickets were it never seemed like they were going to go on sale. And then out of the blue, they're just like, hey, February 15th, tickets will be on sale. It's like, OK, OK. And like it, they were going on sale at like 8 p.m. Kiev time. So that would have been I think it was like 11 a.m. or noon our local time. So it's like, oh, well, that's super convenient. So yeah, we'll give it a shot. If it if it happens, it happens. And it, it happened. So it's like, all right, we got tickets. I guess let's see if we can make the rest of this trip happen. So it was just a lot of kind of trolling Skyscanner and Kayak and like every single flying website just to try to find the best deals to like, okay, how do we get to Europe on the cheap? Getting to Kiev is not the easiest thing to do on the cheap. I mean, number one, it's just really far away. But number two, like flying, uh, we're, we were flying out of Chicago. So there's no way that the, there was going to be a cheap direct flight there. <laughs> so we decided to just kind of take a kind of indirect route. And this was doubling as our honeymoon as well. So it was just very easy to plan it as like, all right, we're just going to do like two weeks in Europe. That'll be fun. Yeah, I was just kind of poking around and trying to get clever with itineraries it was like well there's not really anywhere in europe that we were like oh i absolutely do not want to go there so ended up finding a really cheap flight to budapest and from there you could take the train to vienna and then bratislava is only an hour away from vienna by train so it's like all right we've got three cities to go to that's pretty cool and then i found a really cheap flight from bratislava to kiev that was a direct flight and it's like oh okay like just kind of building it up as we go and just trying to be flexible in what cities we wanted to visit. And it's like, all right, yeah, there's just a cheap way to get there and allow us enough time to actually enjoy the city because we didn't want to like fly somewhere and be like, okay, we have a six hour layover and like spending a whole day in the airport that 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 was going to be a non-starter. So, so much of figuring it out is just getting over to Europe and then Everything's just so connected by trains and buses. and yeah, It seems like such a production trying to get here from there, I think, yeah. or to get there from here, rather, um, because there's, you know, a little thing called an ocean in between. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, it, it's, it's the layover part that is the trickiest thing to work around, I think, just because flying from the U.S., there aren't a lot of options for layovers. Like, it's probably going to be London. It might be Reykjavik, just kind of depending on what your budget is. I highly recommend starting, like, a travel bank account, putting aside a little bit of money every week and just letting that build, especially if you get an online account, getting interest on on that money. And yeah, just kind of like having it out of sight, out of mind, and then just be like, oh, okay, now I'm ready to buy tickets. Oh, I already have the money for it. That was our strategy this year, and it's working out great. (laughs) Do you feel like, was there sort of one favorite moment from last year that was just like the defining moment of your trip? I think for me, it was when we arrived in Kiev and going through passport control and like if if you've ever gone through passport control you know it's a very kind of not severe but like it's a very formal process like no funny business answer the questions as directly as possible that sort of thing and the guy who was at the counter uh, that I went up to was like okay what is the reason for your visit and it's like oh I'm here for Eurovision 
and his face just lit up and he's like oh i'm so glad you're here i hope i have a great time like it was just like i i, I feel like i totally made his day and especially because it's just like he's awesome. looking at like an american passport and it's just like why yeah. are you at eurovision this is <laughs> why great. are you here yeah. are you a spy what's going on yeah and it's just yeah it was just so sweet and it just really it it set the tone for the week that we would be spending in in Kiev, and yeah like i i think about that moment a lot so <laughs> that's awesome So let's start talking about semifinal two. And yes. uh, yeah, well, I guess not. We'll continue talking about it since we talked about the first half last week. The second half has nine entries as well. Kicking off the second half is Georgia's ethno jazz band, Iriao. That is their official name. That is their official name. It is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, they've got tattoos. It's awesome. Uh, and their song uh, is called For You. This one has really grown on me since we uh, talked about the Didavantis Curtain Monster a few uh, few weeks ago, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I think I think Georgia really kind of lucked out by being in the second semifinal, like because the second semifinal hasn't been as competitive as I think people would have expected given the lineup. This song is has the opportunity to be kind of showcased a little bit more just like the like the vocal makeup and the grandiosity of of the track it it, the only issue that i kind of have with it is where it was placed in the running order like it seems kind of oddly placed to be like just right in the middle of the full running order like it feels like it's more of a conclusion to the semifinal or like it, I, I think it would have been better placed later in the lineup rather than starting off the second half, particularly because the show doesn't really, even though it's divided into the first and second half, it doesn't seem like they really acknowledge that division during the broadcasts. At least that, that's my takeaway from it. I, I don't know if, okay. uh, if, if that's how you two have viewed the semifinals in the past. Yeah, I don't recall there being like a distinct separation in in the semifinals, I think, in the grand final, because there's just so many more entries. I think they have to split it up a little more in the semifinal. It feels like they're like, let's just get through this whole thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And with the semifinals, I think there's not really a distinct first and second half. It's just that you kind of know that there's probably going to be some kind of non-music interstitially thing definitely between australia and georgia just because just as like a a bouncer but like that's really about it because they tend to like it is a remarkably efficient process compared to american singing competitions where like just everything happens three minutes boom 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 i'm I'm glad you brought up australia because like i kind of hope that there is sort of a separation between the two because that's gonna be some audible whiplash if if the two are like just right back to back there needs to be like some kind of break in between so that Georgia is not treated as some sort of palace cleansing sherbet mm-hmm. between Australia and whatever the next big flashy entry is. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't want to use the word curb stomped, but 
I kind of feel like that might be what happens with this song. I mean, whether or not there's a break, the song, I would probably love it if I was like sitting and having a cocktail at like a jazz club or something somewhere where I just want to sort of relax and like enjoy some really good music, enjoy some really good like vocal talent. This is just not, I don't think the right environment for this song. I also think it takes too long to get where it's trying to go. I think the Mm -hmm. last, what, like 45 seconds or so are actually really great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I would even extend it to like the last minute where they really start getting into those harmonies. Yeah. I mean, I I think overall the song sounds maybe a little bit too much like a national anthem. Uh, Like it's just, it kind of sounds like something that like France would send, honestly, with the sort of like, Mm -hmm. right. The sort of like revolution we're going to like all stand up and sing like that. Maybe this isn't the right word, but it sounds more formal than a lot of the other entries. Yes. I agree. Yeah. I I agree with that assessment. If this had been placed in the first semifinal, I think this would be a completely different discussion. And I think curb stomped would have been uh, (laughs) exactly right. (laughs) Well, yeah. I think this song has a chance just on like technical merit. This semifinal, I think, has room for rewarding more technical stuff than like pop sensibility. I don't know if history shows, but Ben called Pol- uh, Portugal's entry last year a potential curb stomp victim. So this could go he all did. the way. I don't think <laughs> no. that's going to happen. I don't no. think that's going to happen. Um, let's see. <laughs> I, so I, I oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I really, I, I totally agree with Ryan. One thing that I've been kind of looking at in, in like the last week or so and just kind of prepping for this week's show made me think of it is I think that some of what we're, what we've been discussing as the more kind of contendery entries, like all of those have like, gotten to their chorus fairly quickly or gotten to sort of whatever their central statement is mm-hmm. fairly quickly. I mean, there's one notable exception I think I'll save for when we discuss another entry later this episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but this one doesn't get to like all of the super awesome, like ethno jazzy harmonies that get, that it promised us when they first announced that this was their act until like two minutes in, which is way too late. Yes. Yeah. That said, this one has grown on me as well. Like I, my initial assessment, I had this as 15th out of 18 entries. I might bump that up a few, a few places and stick that in the bubble zone. If were I to rate it today, I don't think I would be that generous with it. It's, it's pretty near the bottom of my rankings. I just think it's not really quite the right venue for that. I said the same about Portugal last year and I was wrong. I'm happy to be wrong again, but I don't think I will be. I mean, I think it'll probably go up a little from where it is next to last for me, but it's not going to be a bubble for me. I, I, I don't, I think even the juries are not necessarily going to pull this one through. There's too many other songs that both have sort of, you know, quote unquote merit but also have a good pop sensibility, even though this is the less full semifinal, that there's not as many good songs in the semifinal. I think there's plenty of others that this one's not going to come close. Aww. <laughs> I know. No, I know. No. Like, Sorry. Like th- th- this one, I think is going to be more an exception that proves the rule type situation. But yeah, I'm, I am hopeful for Georgia, particularly because I thought they, uh, they should have advanced last year and, and unfortunately did not. So yeah, th- this would be a, a good one for a, a make good on that. So help me to ignite the spark I feel inside. So help me now. Let me up, let me up now, baby. Let me Tell me where to go. 
So second in the second half is Poland. This is Gromy featuring Lucas Meyer with Light Me Up. <sighs> I have a lot of thoughts about this song. I it's I don't really like it, but so I don't mean to start this on a down thing. I Like if I think about it, I don't really like it, but it comes on and I find myself singing along to it somehow. And I kind of hate that I do that. It has a really good song structure. It, it uses a lot of sort of musical elements that are very popular right now. It feels very sort of recent. It's easy to sing along with. It's danceable if you don't listen to it too hard. And I actually think in this case, going right after Georgia might be helpful because you know, you've got Jessica Malboy with sort of a, a, a dancey song in position nine. Georgia is kind of taking that vibe away in 10. And Poland, this is a sort of dancey song, but not overly so. So it's, it's, I think it's a good segue to sort of bring the party back from where Georgia had kind of gotten everybody like sitting down and thinking about home and nation and all those things. And now Poland's like, hey, let's just dance. So I, I think this could potentially go through part in part because of it's just kind of poppy and easy. There's nothing too objectionable about it. And um, as a result of that, plus its placement. What do you think, Ben? So I'm going to agree with you on a few things and disagree with you on a few things. Um, totally agree that this is totally going to benefit from being right after Georgia just by sake of being different and just by being more up-tempo and again, just sort of recapturing whatever kind of energy Australia brings. This one reminds me so much of Norway's entry from last year, just in terms of being very clubby and being sort of very kind of EDM-ish. Unlike that one, which I loved and totally could have seen winning, like this one just like rubs me the wrong way and just feels like like a generic club track that you would hear in the background of like a sitcom when the characters are at the club. <laughs> because because it's just kind of there and it's pleasant. And it's got like the generic kind of kind of poppy tones. I mean, like it's definitely got that nice four on the floor beat, but it, it was one where it's like I should be where I saw my my final ranking. I was like, this this seems like it should be higher. But on the other hand, like when I compare it against a bunch of other stuff, I'm like, there are so many things that are more interesting to me musically this year. Mike, um, do not doubt the power of the Polish diaspora. No, just kidding. Oh, no. <laughs> Mike, we got in yeah. trouble for that. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, I do like this a lot more than Poland's entry last year, uh, which like made no yes. sense to me. And that one got through like without yeah, like, any but, trouble. Yeah. I'm just like, really? It one thing I should have said is like, this is also an entry where I'm like trying to just make peace with myself that by like the next time I rank these things, I'm like, yeah, this one's going to probably be at like be somewhere in contention placement, even though I don't like it. Like, I don't ha really have an opinion about this song. Like, it's that bland <laughs> and generic that like the thought that I had a couple weeks ago listening to it was just like, you know, in 2006, this would have annihilated the competition, and it, it it still feels like it's kind of just stuck in that 2006 place. And it, it's, I I could totally imagine hearing this at like an LA Fitness or <laughs> a frozen yogurt place or something, and like in between like a whole bunch of other songs that are of this style. Yeah, but this would be the one that doesn't annoy me. Like, yeah, um, but, like it, does, but it doesn't no, have like is... super nasally vocals or like auto tuned to hell or anything like that. No, I can totally see it just like playing over loudspeakers where where it's being like mixed with the sound of like either gym equipment or people talking very loudly in an auditorium waiting for the pep rally to begin. Where like you just hear parts of it with where most of what you're hearing is just white noise from people talking. Yeah, yeah, and. It's fine. Like, I mean, it, it's just it it doesn't leave much of an impression on me, which is why I think I'm so neutral about it. And I mean, mathematically speaking, 
this could be number 10 because it is like the exact average middle entry of this field mm-hmm. yep and that's enough mm-hmm. to get it to the final that so, is enough to get that's enough to squeak it through yeah so yep. i have a feeling this will probably go through i'm completely ambivalent about that <laughs> so that's all i got <laughs> yeah like yeah yeah just like okay yeah like it's probably gonna go through and i i've made my peace with that yeah i mean it's just like there's nothing there's nothing offensively bad about it or like it, it's it's not going to get me riled up but it's not doing anything for me either it's just gonna be like okay i want something that i have strong opinions about to to make it to the final not just okay cool this song yay i mean and like if it like if it does like go all the way and win please just cut the audio be going okay this song yay mm-hmm. and just <laughs> it's not gonna go it, it's, no let's just be real clear Let, yeah, let's, just, let's just be real clear there are there are like there are like at least three songs where it's just like yeah it's well it's one of these and, and Poland is not one of and them. And Poland is so. not one of Re- them. Regardless of the Polish diaspora. Stop using that word <laughs> out loud. <laughs> Okay, so speaking of not allowed, Malta. Malta is sending Christabel and Taboo. This one, this one I thought was like just had some of the same kind of generic stuff as Poland's when I first heard it and when I sat through like all, like three hours of their finals process. But it's it's grown on me. And like there was like a brief moment where we just had like the music video version. I was was kind of wondering what they were doing with the audio there because it kind of felt a little bit washed out. This one like grew on me. Even though, like, lyrically, it makes no sense in the verses, and I'm not really even sure what the choruses are doing, but it, it's eerily <laughs> enough that, like, my, my brain keeps coming back to the chorus. On the other hand, like, I still keep thinking about, like, that final performance, where I think the words I used were, this is like an ANTM challenge. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm just like, are they going to do that again at the final? At, at, well, not at the final, at, 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 like, Eurovision? Is, like, that what we're, we're signing up for? I rated this really highly. Like this somehow shook out and was like fifth in my rankings for this final, but like I'm pretty sure it's dropped to like eighth where it's like in that bubble range again. What do you guys think, Mike? I've really been struggling with this one. I th- believe the song is about like dealing with mental illness and like talking about it like openly and freely and like that's the taboo uh that she's referencing. Yeah, she's been doing a lot of work as, uh, like, she's Malta's representative on, like, mental health issues. So she's been doing a lot of ambassadorship-type work, and uh, she, like, performed this song in, like, the House of Commons or something in the UK last week. I admire what she's trying to do. I don't (laughs) think this song does a good job of conveying that message yeah just on hearing that story i had the exact same reaction we're like i'm that's great that you were advocating for this this is definitely something we need to be talking about more but on the other hand just like singing that at like parliament in the uk is maybe not the best first step part of the issue that i have with the song is norway's 2016 entry icebreaker uh, was kind of about the same subject and 
very similar in style and delivery, and I don't think this is a refined version of that song. Like, I, I think Icebreaker is a better story and better executed version of what they are trying to do here. And it's also particularly challenging when you have like monsters in the first semifinal which is addressing the the same issue and and kind of just blowing it out of the water <laughs> right i think it was last week i was listening to the songs on shuffle and those, those two were like back to back and it kind of got me into this headspace it's like well, wait what if all your vision songs are about like mental illness and like talking about mental illness and yeah that was deep listening session there <laughs> and it's just like oh wow i'm listening to these songs way differently now but I like the message of this song. I just don't like the song. Yeah, I'm not sure how that's going to translate on the stage. Also, the music video for it is bonkers. And like, it's like this Mad Max scenario, but like she's wearing a tracksuit. It, it's very strange. I, I'm not <laughs> sure how it, how it fits in with the story and the message that she's trying to send. Like, it, it, like everything about this just seems so discombobulated, which was present in the national final and if the performance doesn't change then yeah i I think there's just gonna be a lot of confused folks out there yeah i i agree that this is very sort of forgettable and generic i I think i i like forgot the song existed for a while and was like oh that's sad that malta's not competing wait Mm -hmm. they're competing what and then i would hear the song and be like wait whose song is this and now i'm like okay this is malta's song wait, what are the words again? Like, I I just, I go through this motion of like, I just can't keep the song in my head for some reason. It just, it won't stick. Um, Even though it comes on and I like it. And I'm like, oh, this, like, particularly like the chorus. I think there are pieces of it that are good. I think it's, you know, it's a good song. I, I don't know. Before you said that, Mike, I was, I literally, my notes was like, what is this song even about? Mm -hmm. I don't even know. I I like can't listen closely enough to remember it or to know what it's about. And, And I can't really explain why I like it. I don't love it. I've got it on the bubble. I've got it sitting in the 10 spot. So it's just barely, you know, if if I were all of Eurovision, it would just barely sneak through. But mm-hmm. I, it's okay. It's it's one of those that I'm like, well, it's there's pieces of it that are catchy. I may not know the lyrics. I may not really understand what it's about, but I'm singing it um, and I'm enjoying it when it, whenever it comes on. So, yeah, I, yeah, this one's hard. This one's hard. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and like this is another one. So just going back to what I had briefly said about Georgia, where it takes like just slightly too long to hit that chorus moment. I think it took about like 45 seconds. Mm. Again, like uh, if I look at some of the entries that we consider more successful, uh, they're all kind of hitting that first chorus within like 30 seconds. And admittedly, like pop songwriting is not all about numbers like that, but like there's a certain catchiness where like this one just feels slightly off. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think part of it is uh, listening to the karaoke version and just hearing like what parts of the backing vocals are like piped in. I-, I think part of it is like the word taboo is not an earworm type word, and like the backing vocals like pop in with boo boo, and it's, <laughs> it's like, like the Princess Bride. Yeah, there's there's just a lot of audio distortion that is happening, but not intentionally i think like it's just like oh just bad word choices and yeah i i I don't think her voice matches the melody of the song all that well either like it's just there's (sighs) oh yeah and like that was one thing when i've I've been trying to cap to catch the various live in concert things from this particular season of eurovision and like this one feels like it has like a very high potential of going real pitchy real quick Mm -hmm. we need to watch the performance and watch what 
what rehearsals look like, because this one could be real sort of off the rails. The rehearsal footage will probably be the deciding factor here, like even before people's minds will probably be made up before the actual for real Z performance, which is unfortunate, but it's something that happens. So. So Hungary will be sending AVS, or which looks like AWS to us, which does not stand for Amazon Web Services, despite what, despite what Twitter keeps trying to tell me <laughs> when I try to look up their profile. And they will be sending the song Vizlatnyar. This one's going to be a hard sell at Eurovision. It's, uh, it's a hard rock song, as you heard in the clip, and that has a very dodgy track record uh, as a genre at, Euro- at Eurovision. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Considering like, what Hungary's process has been, like it, it, it is a heavy vetting process. Like The songs are heard multiple times in multiple contexts. It's a jury and audience vote. And yeah, you just got to kind of trust the process, I think, with this one. It is... A hard rock song performed at a very high level. Like, I mean, it, it, it is solidly built and it's certainly ear catching. Ever, ever since it was selected, it, it, I, I catch myself humming it uh, at least once a day. So, must be doing something right. But this, this second half of the semifinal is just such a hodgepodge <laughs> of uh, music that I'm not sure if there was a spot in the running order that would be better or worse for this entry so i think having it right in the middle kind of well having it right in the middle of this half kind of makes sense ryan i know that you're uh, a fan of the harder rock entries what what do you think of this one yeah i love this entry this is um my second favorite my second favorite entry in this entire semifinal. there's a lot that i love about this i love the sort of musicianship of it like this is it reminds me it hits the same spot for me that lincoln park did Mm. Um, in the 90s and that it's like rock but it's like heavy and industrial but the musicians are just so good like the the performance is just so tight and if you just sort of look at the surface like okay the lead singer is screaming but like no he's actually legit singing and there's like he's doing maybe using a particular style but um, he's not just yelling right there's there's a lot of intention and craft behind what they do that I really appreciate it reminds me a lot of why I like Tool the, Mm. the band Tool the um particularly in like in like the drum work and the way that the drummer uses like the toms and I'm, I'm getting a little bit into the weeds but there's just like musically speaking i love the song i love listening to the karaoke version of it sometimes even better than listening to the regular version of it i love hearing the sort of harmonies that are you can't hear it very well when you're listening to just the regular like single version but in the karaoke version i'm like oh there's some like interesting vocal harmonies going on behind here uh, behind the lead singer I'm really glad the song is in Hungarian. Yes. Um, <laughs> there there was an English version released, what, like late last week or something on Thursday or something. I listened to 15 seconds of it and had to stop because it was, this is one of those problems with trying to translate something and maybe not doing a super great job of it. Maybe, maybe some of the ideas just don't translate all that well, or you have someone who's not that facile in translating it just it was gonna ruin the entire song for me like the hungarian version of the song so i had to stop 
listening to that. It, I have the same feeling with like Shakira. I don't like listening to, to Shakira in English. I like listening to her in Spanish. I do not like the English version. So it, this is this is one of those things where I'm like, okay, I'm really glad this is in Hungarian. I don't really understand. I, I understand the concept of what they're trying to communicate, but it's just, it, it did not translate well into English. So what do you think about this one, Ben? I'm going to completely agree with you about like the whole Linkin Park connection because like this this song just hits like early high school band like right in the feels just bang on I'm I don't know I'm trying to temper my expectations with this and because this genre does not do well at Eurovision and like I, on the one hand like it's very very well executed as we have said on the other hand this is a genre that has an uphill climb. And like I currently have this one at, at fourth, and this is another one. Like I think that I that, that with our first rankings, we kind of just go with what we are feeling and what our opinions are. And like I'm now trying to like reconcile that with okay, I really like this song. I think it does great stuff, but how do I think it's going to fare in the competition? And I think this one. I mean, I think just given the the field in the semifinal, it could still make it. I think it still has as decent a chance as anybody does. But like I'm, I I don't know. Like I'm continue to just be filled with questions. But okay, but is does this one have what it takes to go all the way? From a performance perspective, there is so much that you could do with this. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this was like made for the Eurovision stage in terms of like literally throw all the things at this performance, right? Because the the performers, the musicians are going to be relatively static. They're not going to be dancing. They're not going to have any back. Right? It's going to be them. Th- this song is sort of what Ukraine's song last year could have been. I think I, I said last year about the sort of bridge in Ukraine's entry from O Torvald. I was like, can they just like take the bridge and get rid of the rest of the song and rebuild it? And this is what that song could have been. So I, I think it could be really effective and really well done. I, I am a, I remain hopeful that different kinds of music can make it through and do really well at Eurovision. That may be a false hope, but I'm, I'm holding out for Hungary on this one. I really like this song. I love Hungary's process. They've they've been flawless since they uh, came back from a brief hiatus in 2011. And yeah, like I, I really want their streak to continue. And yeah, rooting for you, Hungary. You're looking at her. She's looking at you. I'm falling apart. What can I do to make you feel the way about me too? Another process that we all have really liked and have seen good stuff of has been Latvia's with their supernova process. I mean, they they kind of faltered last year just in terms of not quite getting out of the semifinal with with Triana Parks line, but in general, like since they have adopted that process, has given us some really really interesting entries. And I would extend that to this year's selection, uh, Laura Risotto's Funny Girl. I mean, this one sort of reminds me of Belgium's entry this year. Which, I mean, I think could be an issue if they were directly in the same semifinal, but since they're not, it's less of a concern. There's a sense of drama to the song, and there's like a sense of an arc to it. Admittedly, like it's not one of my favorites in this one. Like I have it placed fairly low, but I think with the correct staging, this one could have a shot, has a shot of getting through. 
Now, Mike, you have a very strong opinion looking at our various rankings. What is What are your thoughts on this one? I've bought a t-shirt with Laura Zota's face <laughs> on it uh, for when I go to the second semifinal. Is that is that a new scale? Do I, is, do you, like I'm using the karaoke version. Do I like the karaoke version? Is it now, do I have a per, uh, shirt with their person's name on it or face on it? I would have gone with Australia, but I went with Australia last year and it's like, well, I want to have a little bit of variety. I also got Australia, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice i don't know what it is about this song like it's not like i like i love this song that that's not how i feel about it it's just it's so unexpected number one it feels so unexpected from latvia agreed i'm hoping by this time next year i'll stop saying that because latvia has been so unexpected since they've adopted the supernova format and that's one of the reasons why i love it but there's just a sophistication to this track that is very unusual for Eurovision. And I think part of it might be she's based in uh, in the US, so it, it's not a case of the song being translated from like Latvian to English or like any any sort of clumsiness in that regard. So there's just, like an idiomatic quality to this song that I, I don't think you encounter at Eurovision all that often since uh like even from like UK and Ireland where like English English is their language and it's still not that idiomatic uh in the way that they like write their songs. And like this one has just such a clear story and it, it, it's just sophistication. Like that, that, that is the only way that I can describe this song. My, my biggest concern about it is the stage performance. I, I didn't really care for the stage performance in the Latvia version. Cause it was just like mostly her like standing center stage and like flipping her hair back and forth. But this isn't like a, like flip your hair back and forth type song. So I don't know. I'm hoping it's, it's one that kind of takes the audience by surprise because it, it, it doesn't have a lot of YouTube views and I, th- I think it's just flying completely under the radar. So its placement in the lineup is also a concern because she's right after Hungary, which is like a completely different song and right before Sweden, which is Sweden. <laughs> I'm rooting for you. That, 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 that's all I've got. Ryan, Ryan, what do you think of this one? Yeah, there. So Early in the selection process, I really, really loved this song. And the more I listen to it, there's there's a couple of small production choices that are making it hard for me to stay on board with this song. When you think about a beat in music, right? Like a beat is not like a very specific, like there's some space in a beat. You can be sort of ahead of the beat. You can be on the beat. You can be a little behind the beat. And depending on where you're singing or where you're attacking a note, it can sort of denote different things, right? In this particular instance, she's singing very uh, on top of the beat, very on the beat, Mm -hmm. where I feel like the style of the song calls for more of sort of being a little behind, a little on sort of on the back of the beat. It requires you to sort of be just a little more laid back with it in that way. I mean, I understand like from a from a storytelling perspective that it might actually be a good choice because she's singing about someone who's really eager right and if you're eager you want to be either a little ahead of the beat or on right so from a storytelling perspective it makes sense it it doesn't make sense to my ear from a stylistic perspective i mean it took me a really long time to figure out what it is that was sort of bothering me about that i wish the song was a little slower to give her a little more room to work with or that she was just making different choices about where to actually attack those notes. And it's a really small thing, but I just, I can't get over it. Like every time I hear it, I'm like, man, I wish you would take a little more time with this. I wish that there was like a little bit more of like regret and jealousy and not just sort of like eagerness. It it makes it kind of hard for me to empathize with the narrator of the story because it's like, well, maybe you just need to like back off a little bit. 
I like a lot about it, but that for me, I, I have this in eleventh place because I, it, and that has dropped significantly for me, and it may it may go back up. I've been sort of looking at some live versions, and that's a pretty consistent choice that she's making. So I don't know that's going to change. I also have the same concerns that you were talking about, Mike, with the staging and the hair flipping, and that is still happening. Yeah. So I'm a little concerned that that is going to continue. Like I, you know, the Eurovision and concert performance was pretty much what we saw from her national final from supernova mm-hmm. so uh, yeah I, i'm a little bit concerned that that and with the placement like as you said between hungary and sweden like oh man like hungary and sweden are gonna steamroll this song yeah like with without like something to the performance like if it's the same thing that we saw in the concerts and if it's the same thing that we've seen since the national final like it just feels like it's gonna you're going to see it in uh, during like the here's all the here's a quick recap of the entries with the numbers and you're gonna be like oh that happened mm-hmm. and not like you're not gonna be surprised in a good way you're gonna be surprised in oh right yeah I feel like this from here on out from Hungary on out is a really rough spot to be unless your song is super super strong and I think the song is just not quite strong enough I don't disagree with anything that you've said although I think the frustration of like the tempo choices. And like the eagerness and like not really syncing up with your expectations. I think that kind of feeds into the frustration of the story, which, yeah, I, I, I don't. Sure. Yeah. I don't want to get like all like junior year seminar about this, <laughs> but. No, it's, 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 it's the legitimate production choices mm-hmm. she's making. It's just not, it doesn't quite sit correctly with me. It's, yeah. a, it's just a mm-hmm. preference thing. It's not a, she's doing it wrong. It's just, I would prefer it differently. This one's probably going to be a heartbreaker, but that's okay. It's a really nice shirt. It has like red sleeves. Yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll post well, it on the Instagram. The so yeah. <laughs> Even if she doesn't make it through, they can't take the shirt away from nope. you. So. Yeah. <laughs> Just wanna dance, dance you up So don't you dare, dare, dare wait up Cause I just wanna feel the mood Get with anyone but you and I'm at love Yeah, I'm at love Just gonna Speaking of people being sort of in regret about a relationship not going super well, Benjamin Ingrosso is singing Dance You Off for Sweden. This is one of those songs that grabbed me from the moment I heard it for the first time. And the more I listen to it, the more I love it. I love, love, love the instrumentation of this. Um, I love sort of everything from a musical perspective. Like, I've been listening a lot to the karaoke version of this. And, like, I want to live in the, like, universe that the groove creates. Like, the bass line in this is just ridiculous. The resonance of the mallet like keyboard instrument sample is amazing like i love everything about the production this for me this is the most well-produced song in this entire contest i also love the 80s it's it's not even like an 80s throwback it's like as if we were back in the 1980s with the stage performance of this they've done a really good job of saying okay portugal's not providing us with any leds or anything we will bring our own stage which sweden has done the last couple years and it it they got to tread carefully because, you know, if they do that too many times in a row, people are going to be like, Ugh, it's Sweden again, bringing their own stage, right? But I think this works so, so well. This is my favorite song in the entire contest right now. It feels like Sweden, like Dance You Off is like the universe I want to live in, whereas 
with toy and Israel, that's like the place I want to go visit from time to time. Like Sweden, like this is my song right now. 100%. What do you think, Mike? <sighs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I think this song is fine. I'm trying not to repeat all of the points that I made the last time that we talked about Sweden. And I don't think my opinions have changed all that much. Like this feels like a refined version of their entry from last year, which is good. I think my concern with Sweden right now is I really feel like the Swedish delegation is kind of throwing, I, th- I think they're kind of throwing him under the bus a little bit. Like it, Felix Sandman, who uh, was the runner up in Melody Festivalen, he's been tagging along to all of the official events. And he's also going to be the one like, announcing the jury scores at the grand final. And it's making me wonder if like, Felix Sandman was supposed to be the winner or or if like we should just expect to see him uh at Eurovision next year or the year after like it it I I feel like there hasn't been as much promotion around uh Benjamin and I mean part of that could also be Sweden just kind of resting on their laurels and just being like oh yeah we're gonna be fine because we're Sweden and we're gonna have our own LED thing and you're gonna like it or else I'm just bored with Sweden right now and i I want them i want them to do something different i I think this song has a great pop sensibility but it's what i've come to expect from sweden like i i don't really think it's pushing the envelope i would probably like this song a lot more if it came from a different country but since it's coming from sweden i'm just kind of eh about it yeah that's what i've got ben i'm gonna try and strike a happy medium between the two of y'all um (laughs) uh i don't know like i still really like this one like like I think, as we discussed last week, Australia kind of snuck up and sort of beat it for like the number one in this one. But I think Sweden still has a very good chance. I love what they're doing with the staging of this one. Like, and like Sweden, as we, as you just mentioned, Mike does kind of take the opportunity to usually go. Well, whatever you guys uh, are doing with the staging, don't worry, we brought our own. But like, they're so good at like figuring out how to take a live music performance. Well, I mean, on the other hand, like, this one feels like it's going to be interesting because it feels like it's not going to be as dynamic a performance in the room as it is on TV. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, you have, like, the bright, colorful lights behind him, which will help. I, I think this performance is absolutely built for TV. Yeah. And I know, Mike, you've talked about that a good bit of sort of, that's a, a fine line to walk, and they're not at all walking it. They're, that, that is a big concern for me on this song, is that, yeah, it's completely for the TV It's completely audience. for TV, but on the other hand, I feel like if we go back to something like Euphoria, Euphoria was a performance that was very much built for TV. True. And, like, it swept. I'm not sure that this one is going to be a sweep, but, like, it feels very comfortably in the in the final amongst anything in in the second semifinal. I don't know. I, I really like this. I really like the, the 80s vibe. I keep going back to this week just talking about getting straight to the chorus. This song gets to the chorus in, like, 20, 25 seconds. <laughs> it, it really does. Like, it, it, no, it just gets down to business. And, like, of the, the kind of leaders in this year's contest, like, I would say the leaders to me right now seem to be, like, Sweden, which gets to the chorus right away. Australia, which also gets to the chorus within, like, about 30, 35 seconds. And Israel, which oddly enough doesn't takes a while to get there, it takes about a minute. On the other hand, right at the beginning, they sort of drop in little samples of what you're going to get to, so it, it also kind of immediately sets the stage. And like the stuff that that grabs me this year, uh, both you know the, these three entries and like other stuff in the contest, the stuff that's doing it is the stuff that sort of gives you like a little bit of a verse, but then gets straight to sort of what its central thing is. For me, the easiest path to victory for Sweden is being number two in both jury and televoting, right? I I feel like Sweden Mm -hmm. could be—I don't know that it would win outright by itself. 
if it does, that'd be great. But I think more likely is sort of Australia and Israel sort of split and Sweden kind of sneaks in there in the way that, you know, Ukraine did a couple of years ago. I think that's a more likely path to victory for Sweden, in part because of sort of viewer fatigue that you're talking about, Mike. Mm -hmm. And yeah, some of some of the the TV audience uh, versus in-person audience issues. Yep. I just don't see that scenario playing out. Like Bulgaria is in the mix. If if you're not going to go for uh, Israel or um, Australia, like Bulgaria seems like a great choice, particularly because like Sweden also has a disadvantage of they've won twice recently, and there are a lot of other countries that are like just as viable this year. And yeah, I, I would hope that people would want to vote for at least somebody who hasn't hosted like in the last three years on one hand yes on the other hand the swedes do a very good show oh they are so good at it but other people could do good shows too <laughs> no it's it's fair we talked about last week where i think i was the one who pitched i can totally see australia doing the second and second all the way to victory i can totally see sweden doing that as well Montenegro will be doing the opposite of what they did last year, sending Vanya Radovanovic with the song Inye. I do not know what to do with this song, which is unfortunate because it's of, it's of a style that used to be kind of commonplace at Eurovision, but the last couple of years, just kind of based on who's been able to participate, hasn't always been present. Like, I think the last time, like, an entry of this style sort of uh, was sent was in 2016 with uh, Bosnia-Herzegovina. Yeah, it's just, like, you have three minutes, and this is the song, and there will be a build-up here. And it, it, it's, like, a very strict kind of schedule that of like these are the music moments you will hit and this is when you will hit them and at three minutes the song will end the thing about this song for me though is did either of you play final fantasy 8 <laughs> no nope yeah the this song and particularly the music video that goes with this song just instantly reminds me of that game it's just really kind of ponderous and sort of futuristic there's a gun blade type thing but I, I swear the part in the video where he's like floating in the air and like cradling the woman in his arms i'm 99 certain that that exact same shot is in final fantasy 8 and it's just like this is just this whole vibe and I, I did not like that game at all and i think that's kind of peppering my reception of this song where it's just like i i don't know what to do with this like even the like ah part uh at the end of the second chorus like it seems like it comes straight from that game and i don't, I don't know like maybe, maybe that's like a new trend that is emerging at eurovision because last year i said that albania's entry reminded me of final fantasy 9 like i <laughs> would, would consistently <laughs> refer to it as like final fantasy 9 cosplay so this is like ff8 cosplay and yeah i'll, I'll be curious to see what belarus does with ff7 cosplay next year i uh, <laughs> just a thought i don't know uh ben what do you think of this one this is one i think along with 
Georgia for me in like the last week or so. I've just had things on shuffle and this one will come up and I'm like, oh, wow, this is nice. What is this? And then I will look and be like, oh, Montenegro. Uh, and then like we'll continue going on about my business. And then when it comes time to think about these songs, I will just see Montenegro. Like, what, what song was that? So like this song again, this song is very nice, and like I think you know I think I was a bit harsh in my initial assessment of it. I fully agree that like we get one of these every so often, and I think the last time Montenegro sent one of these was like the last time they got through to the to the finals. True. So it it seems to be a good look for them, but yeah, like it it just does not stick with me. Like I think if I were to like re rank it, I'd probably rank it higher than seventeenth, but maybe not that much more. Yeah, I think you're right that it's a good. L- like it's a good look for them but you could sort of tell it's not really what they want to do like they want to yeah. send stuff like they space wanna, they want yeah, to send wanna, rambo they want to send the space yeah. they want to send the weird stuff but the weird stuff doesn't sell and they want to sell yeah. yeah yeah i want them to send the weird stuff too yeah like i like uh, it, given the choice between montenegro set, sending this and getting through the final versus them sending something like space and just going all out and not getting through i want them to just send space well, send space, but like send it with some backing dancers, right? Like, <laughs> well, uh, like I said, go all out, like commit yeah. to the bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the last five seconds of the song, but then it's over. Like, I, there's something I, I just audio. I think was the last time they went through to the finals, right? Yeah. Um, and that was yeah. That's the song we're talking about. That's very similar. I, and I hear that song, and I'm like, oh, this is a good song. And I feel like this song might also be that. Then in a couple of years, I'm gonna be like, oh, this. I totally underrated this song, but. I, Right now, no. I, I just, there's nothing about it that's all that compelling for me. It's fine. I don't really pay much attention to it. It comes on. I usually skip it when it's on shuffle. It's just, it's not. It'll be probably a bathroom break for me, although it's right near the end, so maybe not. Like, I, I also think that, as I said, anything after Hungary in this semifinal is going to have a hard time because every other song, Hungary, Sweden, Slovenia, Ukraine, they all have sort of distinct personalities. And so to be able to stand out from that, you're going to have to come with a really strong personality and and do it well. And I just don't think the song is going to do that. Yeah, like just on that, like I think that they can do it well, but I'm not sure if they have the the level of personality that we have from what's coming immediately before them, Sweden, which is which we already have kind of seen that performance. I think it's actually very wise that they're focusing on the official video for that song, which kind of sucks. Because it gives you a break from when they re-reveal whatever light thing they're planning. Mm. And like following Montenegro, you have Slovenia, which I feel is going to be a performance that just based on what I've seen from the in-concert performances and whatever they're cooking up is also going to have, is also going to be much more dynamic and have more personality to it. I agree that in a couple of years, I'll probably just be like, oh yeah, this was a really good song. But it it, it does feel like it's it's just lost here like it, it like wandered into the wrong conference room or something yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> oh pardon me ah! <laughs> <No>. <laughs> just put like just, just Montenegro yeah just just Montenegro and Georgia and like some other third entry can just have like a side competition where it's like this is really nice and, and, and they get like a smaller version of the glass microphone that just says very nice. Yeah, it, it's the competition that Portugal actually wanted to hold, but then they realized, oh wait, this is Eurovision. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> sorry, Salvador. Yeah, uh, sorry, Salvador. But like, but but yes. Yeah, sorry, just, not sorry. Just put up another sign when the artists are checking in. Serious songs this way. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> 
briefly mentioned it in sort of talking about the lineup, but Slovenia, uh, Lea Cirque and Falane. I really dig this one. It like, it has attitude. It has like a really percussive sense of musicality to it. That is really working for me. She feels like a very dynamic performer. I have no clue what she's saying. Well, I have kind of an idea just from looking up what Falane means. This song just feels fun to me. And like, again, like I like its sense of attitude. I don't know. What, what do y'all think? So on this one, the instrumentation is a little bit too sparse for me, and I really hate that pong noise. Like it, it, it actually actively annoys me. Um, <laughs> and it would be fine for the first little while, but it just continues. Like I, I find myself getting to about the two fifteen mark in this song, and I think, oh, okay, the song is over. And then it's like, oh, nope, there's another forty five seconds. Like consistently. So I just. I feel like it's too long. I, I, I don't like they need some more instrumentation in there somewhere to make the sort of second half or last third of the song feel different from the first half or first two thirds. There's just not enough production going on in the song for me. It feels like it sort of goes on for too long. I like what it's doing. It's just doing it a little bit too long. I agree with that. The song reminds me so much of an entry, I think it was from 2013, uh, Lithuania Attention, which... Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I, can total, I can totally see that. I can totally kind of hear... Well, not see that, I can hear it. That song was total mic nip, and I was not at all surprised that it did not make it to the final, just because just it's like, it, it's such a specific type of... Like, I don't, I don't even really know how to categorize it necessarily. It, it's just like, <laughs> ladies that are saying they are having enough. But the thing with Attention was... There was a degree of difficulty in the lyric delivery of that song. Like it was like having to pack in a lot of syllables in a short amount of time that this song doesn't really have. And I think that's what's missing from this song is like there's just not the level of difficulty that is present in the rest of the semifinal. That's not to say that it's a bad song. Like I I don't think every song needs to be like knocking it out of the park and like doing like all of these like ridiculous like linguistic gymnastics or anything like that this is missing some oomph and i'm not sure where they can find the oomph maybe it can be accomplished through the staging i'm i'm not sure but it, it feels like this is just kind of like 90 percent of where it needs to be and i really want to see what it's like at 100 percent. and i don't i'm i'm not confident that we're going to see like the 100 percent uh at the semifinal was attention the one that the woman was wearing the dress with like the cup holders in it yes yes and there was just like <laughs> the one guy that was like kind of dancing around yeah. her and she wasn't having any of it and i loved looking it for a cup holder and i, I he, think she didn't want him on twitter mentioned that like their entire look just felt like third-party computer peripherals and that just felt spot on <laughs> didn't, didn't she she may have been in contention from the barber dex if she did not win the barber dex award <laughs> so that's, that's a good question for people who aren't familiar the barber dex award is for uh the per, the 
worst dressed act at eurovision uh for a given year it's it's a dubious distinction i'll I'll put it that way one thing that works for me that apparently just isn't working for you guys i love the sparsest of this one i like it feels like it's pulling on sort of elements of what's going on in like trap and other stuff but in a way that feels very eurovision and just sort of mixing it up and sort of finding a pop sensibility within that for me and like it's really working but on the other hand, I also agree that like at about like 2.15 in, I'm like, okay, you, you could add like a third element here. The bridge needs to actually take us somewhere and it just doesn't. Yeah. And it, like sparseness is so risky at Eurovision just because like I, I think back to Poland's performance at the 2011 contest, like they opened the first semifinal and this was when they were like in the giant soccer stadium in Dusseldorf and like, that stage was just so massive and there was this one overhead shot. Like, she was just swallowed by the stage. Like it was a perfectly fine performance, but it was just like, oh man, she's just like, a, there's just these like five dots that are running around this very tiny stage and I'm I'm worried that the sparseness of this performance could end up leading to the same sort of effect unless she's able to find something in the song that fills the room and I'm not I'm not sure where that exists in this performance you can see that All right, closing out the second semifinal is going to be Ukraine. Melovin is singing Under the Ladder. So I like the song a lot. Um, I, this is in my top five from the semifinal. Sort of to Ben's point about getting to the chorus quickly, this song does that, um, or it gets into the meat of the song fairly, fairly quickly. The first 30 seconds are really interesting in the song because, um, the it, it, speaking of sparse instrumentation, the first 30 seconds in the backing track are very sparse. Um, you have a couple of things marking like once a measure, you know, every four beats or something. Mostly it's relying on his vocals. Fortunately, he has the vocals to pull that off. So it it, it, it could go poorly if he has a really bad performance and those first 30 seconds, he could really put himself in a bad position early on. I've not been super impressed with his in-concert performances just because it feels like he it's not that he doesn't know what to do on stage. He just feels it looks like it, it feels like he's kind of uncomfortable just not having anything except just like him and a mic. I don't think that'll really be a problem because it seems like they have a pretty clear sense of staging based on the national final selection. That may change, but he'll have things to do on stage. So I'm not super concerned about that for for Eurovision. I also think this is not particularly Ukrainian, like there's nothing about it that screams Ukraine to me, but it is really well structured and well crafted. I think it's a catchy song, it's easy to sing along with, it's danceable, it's got some personality but not too much. I think this is a really, really easy qualification through to the grand final. What do you think, Ben? This song does some really interesting stuff for me. It's admittedly kind of in the middle of sort of my top 10. It does interesting things, it gets to the chorus. And just from the staging, it seems like they're going to do some really interesting stuff on stage. So it feels like a great thing to kind of have close this semifinal out and as like the last image people see. Whatever it's supposed to be doing for me, it's not quite doing that. But like I also just kind of respect it on a craft level and what they're doing at the staging level. Mike? There's going to be a piano that's on fire. Seventh (laughs) place. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, this this is one that has been growing on me. Yeah, like I I think it's a really solid pop song. 
Yeah, I agree that it doesn't feel distinctly Ukrainian, but I, I don't think that's a problem. Like, I, I think Ukraine has more than proven itself as being a versatile performer at Eurovision. Yeah, like, I, I don't think their entry last year was distinctly Ukrainian either. Yeah, like, when, when I think of Ukraine's entries, like, I tend to think of them as leaning more towards, like, the big pop side of things than any particular national folk sort of things, with maybe the exception of 1944. Well, and um, what's her name? Who won back in whatever? Oh, Ruslana. Like, I, yeah. yeah, Ruslana. Like, I think their two winners are the ones that have been like, oh, hey, we are Ukraine. And, and this song isn't that, and that's fine. It doesn't need to be. I think it will do very well. With, even without that. Yeah, I, I have to imagine that Ukraine wants to not host the contest for another 10 years. <laughs> Ukraine so. would like to do well, but would also not like to win. We're good, thanks. If they were to win this year, which I do not think is going to happen, that would probably be the worst case scenario for them. Like, I, I could just see them be like, but... Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I think in that regard, if that is Ukraine's aim, which admittedly, I don't know if that's Ukraine's aim. Who knows? Maybe they're crazy like that. But like, if that's their goal, this is a very good entry for that of going, hey, they should have won a couple years ago. They're still doing great stuff. Yeah, the, like this This is one of the entries where it's like, oh, I'm actually kind of curious, like what other stuff this artist has done and like digging a little deeper into the, uh, into the catalog. I like the sound of his voice. I, I think there is going to be theatricality that will probably make him a little bit more comfortable on stage. I mean, his look with the uh, mismatched colored eyes and stuff, like mm-hmm. he, he's someone who is interested in spectacles. So, oh, yeah, I was about to say, yeah, both, yeah. Of the, both of those things are not subtle things. So yeah, no. like something, something's in the, something's being cooked up right now. If they don't keep the piano on the fire tower thing, I'm sure they're going to find something even more eye-catching, which I'm always looking forward to. It's one of the reasons why I love Ukraine. So, <laughs> Well, and I appreciate that they found a way to pull off what Austria tried to do a few years ago, but kept trashing pianos. Like, they were literally setting pianos on fire. And <laughs> Ukraine's like, how about we just, like, set the rigging on fire, the metal rigging in a way that isn't going to hurt anybody, and we don't have to bring, like, four pianos with us. <laughs> so I, I think they're smart about their spectacle. Mm-hmm. In a way that Austria just was not a couple of years ago. From this half of the semifinal, what we, it looks like we're in pretty much agreement on four entries. Ukraine, Slovenia, Sweden, and Hungary are the four that we all agree that we, at that, this point. That we agree that we on, although I feel like just in our discussion that, that Hungary has like a big asterisk next to it. I mean, I think that's true of several. But yeah. in, in our first rankings, those are the four. We've got a couple people in favor of Latvia, a couple people in favor of Malta. One in favor of Georgia looks like Poland and Montenegro we don't think are going to go through. Um, you know, that'll that'll change as we sort of redo rankings, which we'll do two weeks from now. Yes. The episode that'll yeah, drop. a couple weeks. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, it's two we'll have, weeks away, everybody. <laughs> I know. Well, and, and by then, by then, by the time we do our second ranking, we'll have some more information. The technical rehearsals should have started. Artists should be converging on on lisbon to to get started in rehearsal so we'll we'll be better informed at that point i think a note about the rehearsals they start this sunday and clips will be posted on youtube if you want to avoid spoilers don't check out the rehearsal footage but you can get a lot of information from uh the clips that, that they post and it's your vision that posts them the way that it typically works is the first round of rehearsals, they'll just post like a 30 second clip uh, kind of mixed in with like behind the scenes backstage footage of like the contestants like waving to the camera and that sort of thing. Uh, and then when they go through their second round of rehearsals, it'll be a more 
thorough clip of their performance. It's not going to reveal all the secrets, but but um, like a like a good solid minute at least. Yeah, and you'll you'll definitely get a sense of what to expect when uh, the big shows start. And it's only two weeks away. Ah! That's so great. Yes. I'm so excited. That's going to do it for this episode of the Euro What. Thanks for listening. The Euro What podcast is a production of WhatElseIsOn.tv. Our Eurovision News and Entertainment Research Division specialists are Ryan Brazell, Mike McComb, and Ben Smith. Follow our coverage of the 2018 Eurovision Song Contest at our website, eurowhat.com. You can also catch us on social media at eurowhat on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you'd like to contact us by email, we can be reached at esc at whatelseison.tv. We'd love to hear your questions and comments. You can subscribe to the Euro What on iTunes or the podcast app of your choice. While you add the subscription, leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. We'll be back with more Eurovision updates next week. <laughs>